It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hola, amigos. This is Ray Hudson from Bean Sports and Sirius XMFC. And you are listening to Barça Talk. <laughs> Today on Barca Talk, the season continues for FC Barcelona after they knocked out Napoli from the Champions League in a 3-1 victory at the Camp Nou with goals from Clement Longley, Lionel Messi, and Luis Suarez. Hello and welcome to Barca Talk, the podcast for FC Barcelona fans. I'm Brian Henderson coming to you from Buffalo, New York, and joining me from hot Miami is Alejandro Villegas. How you doing, my man? I'm good, man. It's hot and humid down here. It's uh, just the regular summer that we live here, so I'm getting used to it. But, I mean, I love it, especially after uh, last week we had a storm coming by. And there was a lot of rain, so now we're we're enjoying a little bit more of the summer. I guess you, you're you getting a little bit of, of the storm up there, right? Aren't, aren't you? We're getting a little bit of the thunderstorm in Buffalo, but we're we just have like the 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 outer part of the thunderstorm that's been hitting the coast really hard but yeah man it's been a crazy summer for thunderstorms and rain and climate change and (laughs) (laughs) i mean luckily the last couple of days it's cooled off a bit but man we've had some swampy days that i would think are not unlike miami (laughs) yeah that's that's the thing about miami but i guess i guess you have to love it right you you have the beach route right here it's close by so you can go there you can go to the swimming pool uh, when you're not working, of course, and then, but it's fine. I mean, I love, I love sunny days in Miami. Who doesn't love sunny days, right? Seriously. Well, you look really comfy in your, in your racing seat and you, you know, you don't look like you're sweating at all, which is nice. You well, know? N- not right now. I sweat a little bit with the Napoli Barca game, especially with all the VIR, the VIR decisions, all the VAR things that went on there. But now yep. I'm, I'm a little bit more cooled off. I'm, I'm, a cool I'm, off. I'm a little, a little upset with Setien who's talking right now. But I'm not gonna listen to him. I'm gonna focus on you right now. Seriously, uh, that's. I mean, so <laughs> many points of frustration that we can get into on this but uh barcelona did win this match against napoli the second leg of the round of 16 in the champions which is finally you know back underway and the, i felt like the first half looked really good for barcelona it actually it really seemed like they only played 45 minutes but now that pits barcelona against bayern in the quarterfinal and then the other remaining matchups are psg versus atalanta leipzig and atletico madrid manchester city and leon and then, of course, again, Barcelona and Bayern Munich. So I want to quickly run down these four matchups for the quarterfinal. And how would you predict these matchups turn out? Uh, first one would be PSG Atalanta. Yeah, I mean, I watched both games in the both of the final, the cups that uh, PSG played right before uh, this Champions League match. And I think I'm not overwhelmed by the way uh, PSG is playing right now. And I can tell you that Atalanta, I, I watched a couple of games, especially one against Juventus. 
and another one against AC Milan, then I can tell this is a team that probably plays the most attractive soccer of all the eight, maybe with Manchester City and Bayern Munich. So this is a team that I think is going to surprise in this Champions League. I don't know if it's going to be enough to beat PSG. I mean, they're not going to have Mbappé because he got injured in that final against Olympique Lyon. So... You have to be careful with this team. If I had to bet some money on, on on an upset in the quarterfinals, I would go with Atalanta for sure because I think this is a team that can play the best soccer. And it's, I mean, they they have the record of more goals in the uh, Calcio this year, the Serie A. So I think this is going to be a very tough matchup. We saw it uh, the, the previous match against Valencia, the previous legs, and they just crushed Valencia. And and I think this is this is a little. Uh, alert for PSG fans out there, for Neymar fans out there. This is a team that can really be a very difficult for for PSG, and especially in in a one game situation, it's it's a different, right? It's not like they they're gonna have to go to Paris and play against all that public against you. It's just a regular game in an empty stadium, so it's it's more yeah. of an even matchup. So I guess, I mean, if I have to go with one of them, I think Atalanta is gonna go by, but it's yeah. it's gonna be a, a very even game. Yeah, Atalanta seems to be having a real Cinderella kind of season in Serie yeah. A as well as in the Champions League. It's surprising that they uh, have made it this far, but it's probably because they're doing a lot of things right. So I would be inclined to go with you, even though I haven't watched any of their games this year. But just watching their trajectory this year, that would seem mm-hmm. to to follow. So next up, Leipzig, Atletico Madrid. I, Off the top of my head, I have to go with Atletico. Yeah, they're they're the favorites here, and especially since Timo Werner is not good with the team anymore. Timo Werner, the the German striker, they sold him uh, right before this this. Uh, I mean, at the end of the the season, June thirtieth, they sold him to Chelsea, so he's not going to be with the team anymore. If he was there, it would have been maybe a more of an even matchup because this team just kicked out uh, Tottenham in the in the previous. Uh, challenge so and they kicked a uh, uh, Jose Mourinho team which is not something easy to do in, in European competitions so I, I think Atletico is going to go by Atletico is going to be the team that's going to uh, go through in this leg and it, it, it's going to be a, maybe a I'm going to go with a, a leg with not a lot of goals like a matchup that is going to be a 1-0 2-0 in, in both games it's not going to be like a very overwhelming performance by performance by Atletico, but I think they're going to go through. I mean, Atletico has an, a, a chance here, a real chance to really go to another final. They have the the easy side of the of the matchups, right? Because they don't have to face Man- Manchester City, they don't have to face Bayern Munich, they don't have to face Barcelona. I mean, they're the strongest team on the other side, if you ask me. I think PSG is not at their level, so I think Atletico is going to go by, and Atletico is, is probably going to face Atalanta in the semifinals, if you ask me. Yeah. And Manchester City uh, just knocked Real Madrid out on Friday. And so now they'll be going up up against Lyon in the quarterfinals. What do you think of that matchup? Well, we have to be happy, right? Real Madrid is out <laughs> of Europe for a second year in a row in the, in the round of uh, 16, which is something that, of course... Uh, I mean, in the last five years or the five years before those two, it was like Real Madrid was always close to the final or in the final. So we were always mad because of that, because we don't want to see Real Madrid 
especially winning the title. So I guess we're happy. We're glad Guardiola did it again. They they just kicked him out, and and, and I'm glad that happened. Uh, this Manchester City, it's a very very attractive team, right? And and they're recovering Kun Agüero for this matchup against uh, Olympique Lyon, and I think. This is a, an easier matchup than Juventus uh, would have been if they if they would have gone through. But Guardiola said in the in the press conference, and and he's right. They they faced this team already uh, last year, and they couldn't beat him. They tied one game and they lost the other one. So I guess that's a, a an early call for the, for his team to really not be convinced or satisfied with uh, with what they just did uh, beating Madrid because. That happened with them uh, last year. They got to to this round and they lost to Tottenham in a matchup in which uh, they were favorites. So heads up, heads up for for Guardiola and, and their guys. I think they're gonna go through. I think they're they're. I mean, they're my favorites to go to to the final on the other side of the of the round. I mean, it depends on, on if if Barcelona goes through, and we're gonna go talk about Barcelona in, in a little bit. Uh, I think uh, Manchester City is going to beat Barcelona. But if, if Bayern Munich goes through, I think uh, Bayern Munich will be the best team. But anyway, uh, talking about this special matchup, uh, what I told you about Olympique Lyon, I saw them uh, playing against PSG in that final. And that was a very even game. And their goalie, Anthony Lopez, a Portuguese goalie, is very good. And I think he's maybe he's going to be the key for them to keep them alive. For many, it was a surprise that Juventus got kicked out, but the way Juventus was playing in the Serie A and the way I saw Olympique Lyon playing that final against PSG, I thought it was going to be an even, a, a very even uh, matchup, and it was. It was. It was a tie. It was in, in the in the global. It was a tie, so it was a very even match for for both of the team, uh, those teams. So heads up with Lyon. I think uh, Manchester City is going to go through, but it's, it's not going to be an easy an easy task for the Guardiola boys. Yeah, and that that seems like that's exactly what Guardiola is trying to remind his players, right? Is yeah. that like we were in this situation and we didn't get the job done. So, you know, stay on top of it, keep your head in the game. And, you know, it's one of his many brilliant uh, motivational tactics, essentially, right. right? When you lose, he consoles you. And when you win, he criticizes you. And- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's how it is, because every time you you beat a team like Real Madrid, you feel happy, like you feel like you you already conquered something. But let's let's be honest, Manchester City hasn't won anything yet. They're still far away from it, and they're still they still have to face very good teams. I mean, Lyon is maybe not one of the best in Europe, but it's it's a good team. And then they're gonna face either Barcelona or Bayern Munich, and then they have the final. So they're still far away from actually had won anything this year. So that's that's why I agree with the the Guardiola message right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're 270 minutes away from where they want to be. So, yeah. so let's move on to the the game that is most immediately urgent for us: Barcelona, Bayern Munich. Okay, let's let's go. <laughs> what through do you this. see? What do you see happening? What I see happening is Barcelona really suffering against this this Bayern Munich team. The good thing for us, for Barcelona, especially this year, is the new format, right? Like you only have to play them 90 minutes. So in 90 minutes. It's a totally different game because you can not be uh, not be so aggressive when you are a Camp Nou or 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 you're not going to Germany fearing that you're gonna get three or four goals against you and then it's gonna be so hard to recover from it. So I think it's gonna be a very even game. I see. I mean, we know Bayern Munich is quicker than Barcelona. We know they're they're more dynamic uh, as a team. 
And we know they have, they even have players that used to play for us, like Tiago Alcantara or Coutinho, who's our player, and now he's going to face us. And yeah. that, that, that has a little special flavor to it. But I mean, I think Bayern Munich is the favorite. We have to be clear about this. Bayern Munich is the best team right now. But how many times have we seen the the best team losing these type of things? And it happened to the Guardiola era a lot. I mean, that those years, Barcelona was the best team in Europe by far. And how many times they lost? Uh, I don't know. I remember Chelsea with Mourinho. I remember uh, with uh, Di Matteo. They, they lost against Mourinho and Inter de Milan. They lost so many times that they should have not lost those games. So I, I don't know. I have, a, I have a good feeling about this because Setien went through the rough part of the Champions League. And, and I, th I know you guys that are listening to this are going to say, what are you crazy? Now the rough part is coming. No, because... Barcelona already knows that they're not the favorites this year. So right now, you're every time you're not the favorite, you're a little you're a little more uh, calm because you know, okay, if we lose, it's fine. If we go through, it's good for everybody. We're all gonna be like we weren't expecting it, and now we're doing this. So for me, this Napoli game was such a key game for this season, even though. I, I think Setien is going to be out anyway, and we can talk about the game in a little bit uh, against Napoli and all the things that, that went on in this game. But for them to win this game against Napoli and now go to Bayern Munich and, and probably Manchester City if they go through in the semifinals, knowing that they're not the favorites, and still you still have Lionel Messi, and you, you always have to count with, with Messi in these type of situations. You're recovering two guys like Vidal and Busquets are going to be starting, and we're going to talk about it. I I'm, I don't necessarily agree with them playing all the time, but I guess it's good that you're recovering people because you, you saw the bench today against uh, Napoli. It was, it was just young guys. I, I think the oldest yeah, guy was doing like fearful there. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like having Barca be at the bench, which is, is something good at, at one point, but at, at the same time, you're like, okay, what if things go don't go right? You, I mean, he would have had to go with Ansu Fati, Ricky Puch, and, and, and Moncho who played today. But it, the thing is, I feel like Barcelona now can be more calm and and Suarez said it in, in the press conference right after. I mean it's it's 90 minutes, it's soccer, it's 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 more of a of a FIFA World Cup feeling when when you know anything can happen. And we saw it, I mean France won the World Cup, but Argentina was beating them at some point in the second half in that game and we knew that France was so much better than Argentina, but Argentina had Messi and and Di Maria scored a, a golazo and and you never know what's going to happen in these type of games. So I'm I'm actually uh, I have good ex expectations for this matchup, even even though I, I don't necessarily agree with the with the way Setien has been playing. I think what we saw in this Napoli game is not what we are expecting as Barcelona fans. We're used to having not just winning; we like to win in a certain way, and that's not what Barcelona is doing right now. But I have a good feeling because if if they lose, what's the worst thing that can happen? The Bayern scores three, four goals against you. I mean, it happened to Tito Villanova in his best days. It happened already against this same rival. So it's not like it's, not like it's going to be a, a horrible game the, the, uh, unless something like Brazil-Germany happened and, and it's like 7-1 and you're like, whoa, what happened? I don't think this that, that's that's going to be the, thing, the, the reality in this, in this situation. So for me, it's a win-win situation because if Barcelona loses against Bayern Munich, Setien is probably going to be out. We all yeah. know that Setien is is right there on the verge of just. We're, they're just waiting for him to to miss a spot for just to take him out. And if we win the Champions League, we're all going to be happy anyway. So yeah. 
it's a for it, it seems crazy because we haven't won anything this year. But if they lose to Bayern Munich, I don't think it's, it's the worst thing that can happen. It's actually going to be good in a sense because that, that's going to allow them to close the cycle, to finish this cycle with the Valverde era, Valverde plus Etienne uh, years. And that's going to allow them to really have a fresh start for the future. But let's, let's see what happens. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I have a lot of expectation for this matchup with uh, Bayern Munich and Barcelona. Yeah, I think it'll, if nothing else, it'll definitely be an interesting game. Now, let me just take a second to talk about our Patreon community. You know, if you live outside of Spain and you want to know the latest with FC Barcelona, you really should join our Patreon community. We have Gabriel Quiroga in Madrid and Mariana Guzman in Barcelona, and we have about 70 patrons right now. Meanwhile, our rival podcast, Managing Madrid, has more than 700 patrons, and they are not even based in Spain. So what we're doing right now is making a push for 100 patrons to finish off this season strong. When you join our Patreon community, you'll get a commercial-free feed, Gabriel's daily news mini-pod from Madrid, Mariana and Gabriel's weekly video chat from Spain about FC Barcelona, and discounts at our Barca Talk store. So become a patron so we can continue creating Barca content. Just click on the link in the show notes. Next up, we'll break down the Champions League match with Napoli. So, Alejandro, let's get into the details, the minutiae, the interesting or frustrating aspects of this game <laughs> against Napoli. Uh, first off, I j- just to run down the lineup, we had, of course, Ter Stegen in goal, back four, Samedo, Piquet, Longley, and Alba. Midfield, Rakitic, De Jong, Sergio Roberto, as we mentioned before, Busquets and Vidal, both not available to suspension. And then front three of Messi, Suarez, and Griezmann. So the thing that I immediately noticed with that is no starts for Ricky Puj or Ansu Fati, no appearance at all for those two, as it turns out. And they were the players that Cole picked out in our pregame show on Patreon as his top picks to make a difference in this game. So how did you feel about neither of these youngsters starting or playing at all? Yeah, I wanted to see I wanted to see both of them play, but I understood why Setien did it. If you start with the young guys that can really give you a spark or really change the rhythm and change the the tempo of of your soccer, of the of the way you're playing, that that doesn't allow you uh, or the young wouldn't do that necessarily. He, he's not the guy that you're going to bring in the second half to really change things. No, that's the guy that you start and and, and he had a great game. Uh, Frank De Young was was one of the best in, in the midfield, but it's not a guy that it's going to go in the second half like Suarez can do or, or Vidal can do and they have that even the the way they behave they're 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 that type of leader that, that that's going to bring you to another level so I understood why Setien did this he went with a very basic uh, midfield especially since they were they had some sort of advantage because they tied in Italy so they with the 0-0 they were they were winning in some way once they stepped into Camp No. so I understood why they did it why he did it, that why he went with those. Uh, my only doubt was if uh, Griezmann was going to be ready because he had an injury. So that was my my only hope for for Ansu Fati to play. Maybe Griezmann wasn't totally ready, or or he didn't feel a hundred percent, and 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 maybe Setien saw something during the the training sessions, and and that would have been the only case for for Ansu Fati. But I agree with you; they they didn't see one minute. So. And that's my question. We saw the game. We watched the game. In the second half, Napoli was way better than Barcelona. So, oh, yeah, way better. And that's the thing that we criticize a lot 
uh, about Setien and we did it with Valverde and I think Real Madrid fans did it with Zidane the other day when they lost against Manchester City. Why taking so much time to change things when your team is not playing well? I guess the score it was the only good thing for Barcelona since they, they still had two goals of advantage at that point. So I guess they were some somehow in control of the situation. But still, I, I would have wanted to see Ricky Puch earlier or or, or getting some minutes. I, if I mean, he gave Monchu some minutes, but it was like minute 83 or 84 when it's very hard to make an impact at that point. And Napoli was all over you trying to score that second goal and trying to get a little closer to make it through this round of uh, 16. So for me, it's it's a little frustrating. And that's why I told you that I was a little frustrated with Setien because I understood the the first lineup. But once you see after 60 minutes that it's not working, that your team is not really creating a lot of chances, that would have been my my alert call to, you know, if you're going to take Griezmann out, that's fine. But do it earlier. That's, that's my thing. And, yeah. and, and maybe... Especially since, I mean, I don't know if you if you saw the same that I did, but I think Suarez didn't have a great game either. I mean, no. he scored that goal because Messi allowed him to to kick the penalty kick. But that's if not, maybe we don't mention Suarez today because he only had that that shot before the 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 goal that that they disallowed uh, that Messi scored that that was, that was disallowed after, and that frustrates me a lot with Setien, and that's something that has changed a lot. With I think it's coming from Valverde too. I remember every time Barcelona was winning by one goal or two goals, what's the thing that Barca players do? They try to score another one, right? Yeah. It's, it's like or in they our should. <laughs> Yeah, it's like in our DNA to you know why we're winning two zero? Why not three or four or five goals and really make it as spe spectacular for fans or, or really different because that's our difference with normal or regular teams, right? Because we're more than a club and we saw it today in, in the cap. No, it was written down. We're more than a club, but I don't, I didn't see that on the pitch. I just saw a regular team winning with a goal that was scored in a corner kick and it could have been called a foul by, by Lenglet. And that was, it, it, it's debatable. It's debatable. They won because they have Messi. Messi scored a second goal, which was awesome. The, I mean, it's just another Messi play that you, you're like, how, how, in, how did he just do that, right? Yeah. So that was the two zero, and the three zero is because Messi was very, uh, really clever. Got there, kicked the ball right before Koulibaly was gonna just kick it away, and that was those were the three goals. So Barcelona was, didn't actually play a great game. They just had. Three chances, three or four chances, and they scored three. And and maybe the the most beautiful play was the one that that got disallowed after the the very nice touch by by De Jong, and then uh, Messi controlled the ball with the chest. I guess it touched his arm. I didn't see it, but I, I didn't see it touch his arm. It, it, it is. I, what I it wanted is. to bring that up later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is what it is, and we can talk about it a little bit later because there, there there's a lot of plays that in in the VAR that we can talk, and it's gonna be an uh, end of the the world discussion. But the thing is, I I'm not happy with the. I mean, I guess I'm happy with the lineup. That's why we had. We didn't have a lot of options anyway, but I, I'm just not happy with the way they control the game, the way they react to the situations in the game because we all saw it. We, we're, we're, we're interacting in social media and I read the same. What's going on with the, with the substitutions? We have five. I mean, you yeah. can change so many things. And then at the end, the last substitution is Junior Firpo for for Suarez. So we ended up with just Messi up there and we had like five defenders. Such a different way of playing soccer, such a different 
uh, I don't know, culture or or way of of looking uh, or, or playing soccer that is just not Barca DNA. But I guess I guess that's that's what we had. So that's why I'm frustrated. I mean, I'm happy they went through, and especially since Real Madrid fans were just waiting for us to fail again to yeah. to so we could hear it. So no, now you guys have to shut up and go on vacation. That, that's why I'm happy. But on the other hand, I know if we play like this, there's no chance that we beat Bayern Munich. No, no, absolutely not. And you've actually already anticipated a lot of the points that I wanted to hit on. Uh, I would say that, so Longley scores in the 10th minute on a corner kick. Yeah. He gave Barcelona the lead. Napoli did not have much of a response to that at the time. And mm-hmm. then in the 23rd minute, Messi scored Barcelona's second goal, finishing this fantastic run where he had yeah. to battle for the ball. He went to ground. He got back up, put it away, falling again. It was an incredible play. But, you know, one of our biggest complaints on across the whole podcast everyone on the team (laughs) has complained that this team does not go for more goals after scoring and so at the at the minimum after long lay's goal they didn't sit back and try to defend that lead for 80 minutes which i'm i am thankful for they did keep going for more it wasn't the barcelona that we've become accustomed to seeing this season and then in the 30th minute messi gets uh well he gets that second goal ruled not a goal by VAR charging Messi with handling the ball and I the best camera angle that I saw showed clearly to me that no part of his arm touched the ball now I'm fully in favor of VAR and and I do not expect it to always lead to the right call I'm because you're still dealing with human beings who are interpreting what they see and if you look at something in slow motion everything looks intentional and you can almost imagine anything to be in foul but it does make the calls better overall like in aggregate on this one though i cannot understand how any official could reasonably say that the ball touched messi's arm yeah i also watched or re-watched i don't know because they gave us like 10 different shots and a key a key thing to watch in this type of place is the rotation of the ball right because if it touches your arm it's going to change that rotation and i didn't see it as clearly as they did, obviously, because they they called it a handball, and we have to remember our listeners that now every time the, an attacking player is the ball touches his arm, even if it's intentional or not, it's going to be called a handball. But I didn't see it. I, I'm with you there. I didn't see it at all, and that's, I mean, it's frustrating at some point. I don't know if they were trying to, because the the English play was also very polemic in in social media. So I don't know if they were trying to even it out, and that was their way to bringing things back to normal, quote unquote, <laughs> but I didn't see it at all. And I, and if you ask me, I saw, and I mean, they went to VAR to, to call the Messi penalty kick, but that, that was more of a 50-50 than, than the other one. But because in, in that play that Messi got the call with the penalty kick, the defender is looking at the ball and he's trying to kick the ball and Messi comes and, and then, we get that foul, and I'm glad we did because that that was the third goal, and we could have been. I mean, we we could breathe at that point, but I don't know. Sometimes I I don't understand the the VAR, or I don't understand why sometimes they go to watch the play in their little monitor, and sometimes they don't. So I think there's a lot of things that we have to really. Uh, make everybody do it the same, right? Because we watch the Premier League and we see something. We watch, I don't know, the Serie A, the culture, and we see something. We watch La Liga and La Liga was a disaster this year. They just did whatever they felt like. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> FIFA has has a lot of work to do with this. So because yeah. I, I'm with you, it's a it's an it's a very interesting tool. 
it's a it's an awesome tool to have and in a very useful tool for soccer to be better and be more fair but if we don't use it if we don't use it the same way all the time it's going to be a little confusing and it's going to be it's not it's going to be detrimental for for soccer so i mean that's that's my feeling about it i think they just have to be better at doing the same over and over so we all know okay that they're going to call this because that's that's the way it is well you know i mean from playing i'm sure you have experience with you know understanding who the referee is because not every referee calls the same game or even two games the exact same way but they definitely have patterns now there's just this added layer of there's a a group of referees sitting in a booth somewhere off the field who have this same kind of subjective influence and like the players don't really know how they're going to call the game they can't influence them the way they can the referee on the field but yeah la liga especially this last year has been a, a real Uh, debacle as far as how they've handled VAR and it, it's not consistent from game to game and I don't know I guess you could just say that it's an extension of that same old conundrum with referees it's like with a different set of referees you're going to get a different game as you would with another sets and so now it's just expanded to even more officials which is probably not a good thing yeah definitely but it ends is hard to work towards that kind of consistency across all leagues uh especially when it's hard to get that kind of consistency even within a league but um to get to the actual third goal the one that counted 40th minute <laughs> messi goes down gets kicked by kulibali in the penalty box and I was worried that he was going to be injured. He seemed to really take a risk there, but it wasn't that severe. And he was able to continue playing. Eventually, VAR called it a penalty after seemed like several minutes. Suarez takes it to get Barcelona's third goal. And then that was pretty much it for Barcelona. Like they did not really show up in the second half. I mean, they certainly made certain efforts in the second half, but they looked so much more tired in the second half. It was just a whole different game. Napoli stepped things up. Barcelona were just trying to, for the most part, just trying to defend and hold off. But Setien has all these players on the bench, young, hungry, who probably could have done a better job of possessing, keeping the ball away from Napoli, breaking up their game, and he decided not to use it. And I just hit on a few different points there. Just latch on yeah, to whichever fine. one you want. <laughs> yeah, let's start with Messi. I thought he was not going to play the second half, but I guess after Napoli scored that first goal, I mean the the game was still there, so they still needed two goals. So they were kind of they were far away, but not that far away to take Messi out. So that's why I mean he played the second half, and the entire team didn't have a, a very good second half, and they were showing a, a little footage of, of Suarez and Messi in, in the tunnel after uh, before coming to the second half, and they were like all uh, bringing the team up and not not let the, the other team just go over you and this type of message, that's not exactly what I saw on the pitch, right? Like we saw a Napoli, uh, Napoli team still almost, I mean, they, they had a couple of chances. They had a disallowed goal. They they, they had a, a header to the post. So it was, it was, it was a kind of a scary, it was, it was a weird feeling in that, in that second half. And I'm with you. This, this was a perfect game for Ricky Push to play. And I remember, I mean, they start, they started him against Atletico de Madrid. 
So why not play him for 30 minutes against Napoli? Maybe he would have been the, the, the difference maker there. And that's that's what really frustrates me sometimes. Like they, they, they do something and then they, they do this totally different. And they did this with the rotations throughout the the La Liga too. They were like, okay, so you were rotating this player, but you were not rotating that player. And that's that just doesn't make any sense. So I agree with you. I, I think I, I wanted to see Ansu Fati. I wanted to see Ricky Pooch. I think those two would have been amazing with with so many, so much space that was there uh, in the second half because Napoli was was trying to really go and and have you against your goal and you know what at some point we were losing the possession the, the, the so that's that's something so weird to see in, in Barcelona and I think Setien is going to hear it from, from Barca fans because you cannot lose the possession at Camp Nou with a rival like like Napoli. I understand if it happens against Bayern Munich because that's a team that's going to have the ball and it's going to be hard. Or, or against Manchester City. Those are teams that are going to try to get the ball out of your feet and that's that's understandable, but not against Napoli. So I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, and the, the, the defensive tactic in this game for Barcelona seemed to be to... Uh, if Napoli had the ball and they were trying to build up play, they were really just trying to stay fairly compact and more or less wait for Napoli to make a mistake. And lucky for them, a lot of times they did, but that did also grant them a lot of possession. It wasn't necessarily productive a lot of the time, but they they handed it to them. They let them have it. And yeah. then Napoli gets the chances that they get. And the thing is, you saw Gennaro Gattuso, who's not one of the best uh, head coaches uh, or, or anything like that, but he used he used the players that he had there. I mean, he was losing the game. He was getting kicked out of the Champions League. You know what? Let's let's go with all that we had. Milic, uh, Lozano, whoever you want, they, they, they brought him in because they needed that. So Barcelona, what, what I mean, they, they it was so obvious that they needed somebody to grab the ball and really control the tempo of the game, and we just didn't have that. Rakitic was not doing that. The Young was not doing that. Uh, Sergio Roberto was not doing that because that's not their style of play. They they just played in, in a different a different type of atmosphere. So that's that's the the little frustration that we always carry around when when we have Setien. That it's just we wanted to see the young guys, especially after all the the chances that they had in La Liga. I guess they're I mean they're ready. It's not like they're not ready. And he used Monchu in the in the eighty third minute. So why not before? Why not? in the 60th minute or in the 70th minute bring him before so they have time to show some something and why manchu <laughs> well there's there's been a lot of talk about manchu going out going out because he he's the captain for barca b and they just lost the playoffs to go to division 2 in in spain so that gives i mean a lot of players were expecting to be in that second division so they can actually have a shot to play in the first team and and really get at a better level so this is one of the guys that is going to be very important and he's maybe going to be in a loan next year i don't know if they're going to bring him back in with the first team from the beginning of the season but he's one of those guys that you want to take care of right so i guess that was a little of a message there yeah but still you can i don't, I don't care if it's monchu or if it's uh, Ricky Pooch, you can bring them before. That's that's my main thing. I mean, yeah. Later I mean, on, really, yeah. That's really the the only point that I want to final point that I want to hit on is the fact that Setien only made two substitutions and he didn't make the first one until the 83rd minute, and that was the Manchu sub in for Griezmann, which effectively switched the team to a four four two. And I understand at 83 minutes, 
you're up two goals. You have the game one. You have the tie one. You're on to the next round. I can understand that kind of switch to put in more midfield, hold on to the win, and yeah. not necessarily try to score more. Totally get that. Uh, at the same time, Manchu could have, like you said, Manchu could have come on in the 60th minute. Uh, Ricky Puj could have come on for any one of the midfielders. And Fati, you know, he isn't the finisher that Suarez is, but Suarez was cramping up, looking more and more tired as the game went on. Like you already mentioned, he wasn't really having that good a game. And it just made me wonder, is this really Setien's like ride or die lineup? I mean, I guess if you add uh, Sergi Busquets there and, and Vidal, it's going to be there next week too. So I guess that's that's just the way he will, he likes to play. And and that's the thing. We ended up playing 5-4-1 if you look at it because you had Alba, you had Firpo. You had Lenglet, Piquet, and Semedo. So you had five guys there that are kind of defensive. Uh, I mean, it's it's so weird for Barca to be playing this type of formations. Unless it's a 3-5-2 and you're you're getting those two wings and whatever, you're doing something different. But it's not. It was just trying to defend the... And it wasn't like it was just one goal when you have like, okay, I'm scared, so I have to really go back and, and maybe even put Araujo in, and that's fine. But no, you, you had like two goals of advantage. So and, and there are two ways of defending. You can either go all the way back like Mourinho likes to do, or you can go up and try to get the ball as far away as as you can from the goalie. And that's that's what we're used to watch in Barcelona years, right? In, in, the, in the last years when we watched, we won so many titles. That was our way of defending, really pressing up, recovering the ball, not letting the other team think, just getting them as as little time as we can with the ball so they cannot really hurt us. So that's not what happened to that. And that's that's why I think Setien is not going to be uh, the Barcelona coach for, for a very long time. Uh, that's I think, this, he, I mean, he's going to finish this season and we'll see what happens with the next one. But I, I'm not really looking forward to watch that Setien version of Barcelona. I think the only thing that would allow him to hold on to the job for another year is if he wins the Champions League. And even yeah, then, it's not a guarantee. Yeah, it's hard It's hard for you to really kick out a, a coach that just won the Champions League, right? That would be the, the only thing, but I mean... But it's not that hard to fire a coach who lost La Liga and the Copa del Rey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you look at it that way, yeah, for sure. I mean... Unless Barcelona ties all those games and wins in penalty kicks, I mean, you can tell, well, we won the Champions League, but it wasn't like a, really a crazy demonstration of new soccer that went on right. there. It, it reminds me a little bit of what happened with the, the with the Roberto Di Matteo coach for Chelsea. He was just there finishing the season, helping the team to finish the season, and that was it. And he ended up winning the Champions League. But he wasn't the coach for for the year after. So I think something similar can happen to Setien if we win it that way. If we somehow get better and we play so much better than Bayern Munich, than Manchester City, and then beat Atletico Madrid in, in, in the final, I guess Setien gets the, the another chance. He gets another shot. And, and Barcelona is good at... Really, I mean, they're patient. We saw it with Valverde, right? They <laughs> yeah. give they give the coaches time to really uh, transform their teams or or make their teams play the way they want to play. So I guess that's that's the only thing that 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 can maybe give uh, Setien a little hope, even if he gets out. And like we said before in the beginning, it's it's a different feeling now. If they lost today against Napoli, it would have been obvious that uh, Setien was going out. But now that they won and they're going to face Bayern Munich, who's one of the best teams in the competition, I mean, I guess it's 50-50 if you want to look at it, or 60-40 for Bayern Munich. So 
this this is gonna help Setien to stay a little longer. But I, me as a Barca fan, I don't like what I'm seeing from the team. Yeah, yeah. Ah. <sighs> All right. Well. <laughs> yeah, that's the feeling exactly. You that watch right the there. game. You watch the game, and you're like, ah, "We won," but it's ah, yeah. we won. I guess we won. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so they have another game to play. So Barca Talk will be back for more of this season uh, until until it's over. Until Barcelona's out. So until next time. Until next time, and Vizca Barca. Vizca Barca. Barca Talk is a production of Sounded Media with social media and promotion by Two Point Go. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.